If you would, take your Bible and turn to Revelation uh, chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5, we're going to be in that chapter. I want to ask you to take your Bible and turn there and try and stay with me. We're going to be going throughout this whole chapter tonight. And so uh, keep your Bibles open, please. do appreciate the message um, already that we had on forgiveness and how important that is. I, I don't know that you could have a more important message for this year than that is forgiveness. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it's been a tough year. Um, some of the things that we've had to deal with as a church, as the staff, and just back and forth. And it, it's easy to get your feelings hurt. It really is easy to get your feelings hurt. There, there are people that you never thought would be the way they are, being the way they are, and it just, it, it, it's hard. It's hard. And so we need to keep our hearts right with God and, and, and keep that with your family. Sometimes, man, you get so disappointed with your family and things that happen and you just, you just get a place where you just don't want to forgive. You just get there sometimes. And that is such an important message uh, for us tonight. So I appreciate that, Brother Gabe, uh, bringing that message to us tonight. Uh, so let's take our Bibles and look at, at Revelation chapter 5. And tonight we're going to preach on this, this subject of who is worthy. Who is worthy out of Revelation uh, chapter 5. Do you have anything that's worth living for? Uh, that's the question I'm going to ask for you tonight. Adrian Rogers, he said this in one of his messages, and I thought it was pretty profound. It's, it's more profound than anything I can say. He said, many of us are shoveling smoke and plowing water. Think about that a second. Many of us are shoveling smoke and plowing water. You know, you turn around and nothing has changed. You feel like you're living your life and it's meaningless, pointless, nothing going on, right? Uh, Reader's Digest, there's an article in Reader's Digest. I don't know if that exists anymore. Uh, <laughs> nobody uses books, you know. It better be online if there is, anyway. Anybody all know if that, I don't know. Is that even a thing? It said in order for a person to have a happy, fulfilled, meaningful life, there are three things that they need, all right? There's three things they needed. Uh, one is they needed someone to love. Uh, they, need, they needed something to do, and they needed something to hope for. So they need someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. You know, and I, I think, I, I was thinking about this just this afternoon. That's why there are so many people that are, that are struggling with this thing of suicide right now. Uh, you know, I've, I've just recently, there's been two young men that, I, that I've known, or one of them I knew and one of them I, I heard of. Um, that everybody looked at them and thought, there's no way these guys are unhappy, unfulfilled, or whatever. A 26-year-old and 20-something-year-old, and they killed themselves. Suicide. They're living a pointless, meaningless life. They, they didn't have anything, any, anyone to love or anything to do that they thought was meaningful. or They had no hope. They lost hope. I was talking to another young man just not too long ago, and, and I was asking him, and he, he, he was just totally directionless, couldn't plan anything, had no, nowhere to go in life. And, and I, I believe that that Reader's Digest article was pretty right. You know, you need someone to love, you need, you need something to do, and you need something to hope for. But they didn't give the answer. And you know what the answer to all of those things, those questions is? It is all these things can be found in the one that is worthy, in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way that we can find those things. So let's look at this passage here in Revelation chapter 5. We're going to look at who is worthy, who is worthy. Let's read it. We're going to read this whole chapter. Y'all sat a little while. Do y'all want to stand? Let's read this chapter and then we'll, we'll have a word of prayer and get right into the message. This is one of the most glorious chapters, I believe, in all of the Bible. I really believe that. If there's a, there's a, there's a chapter where you look at it and say, it's a glorious chapter, I think it would be Revelation chapter 5. It says in Revelation 5 verse 1, it says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within 
on the back side, uh, within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither was uh, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Look at this verse 6. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came... And he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, uh, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou hast slain, for thou hast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation." And had made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, what are they saying? Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, even the fishes, and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, what they say? Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. I want you to notice that word worthy. Look at it. You find it four times in verse number two. It says, Who is worthy to open the book? In verse 4 it says, there was no man found worthy to open the book. And then in verse 9 it says, thou art worthy. And then in verse 12 it says, worthy is the Lamb. Tonight with the Lord's help, we want to preach on that subject of who is worthy. Let's pray and you can be seated. Dear Heavenly Father God, we love you. Lord, we we need you tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help take us out of the way. Lord, I pray that you'd um, just calm our nerves, our anxiety. And God, we pray that you'd just use your word tonight. Lord, we want to see you. We want to see you high and lifted up. We want to see you worthy uh, Lord, we want to worship You and praise You for who You are and for what You've done. And Lord, how You've, how you've done so much for us and blessed us, God. We thank You for this. And Lord, You are worthy of our praise, worthy of our worship. pray that You help us to see this tonight, God. I pray that You would just allow this message to penetrate our hearts and to be an encouragement and a help to Your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, you may be seated. Um, I think many people would say they've had a bad year. I feel like we've had a great year uh, in some respects, but there's been a lot of bad things going on, a bad year. Uh, we've had a pandemic. We've had crazy political cycle going. I was hoping it was over, and then we had a runoff election. I'm still getting political stuff. And so, you know, and some people say you have a bad year. But do we know who wrote this? Who, who is the human author of this? It's the, it's the Apostle John. John, the beloved apostle, right, the disciple. And I believe I can say this with pretty good authority. John had had a worse year than you, Okay. John, 
At this time, the church was being persecuted, okay? This is probably around 80, 90, 95, something like that. And, and, and Dominican was on the throne there. He was the, the Nero or the, the, the Caesar. And, and, and he was started persecuting the church. And John, uh, he had been exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Some say he was bold before he was exiled, but he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Now, some of us are complaining about this quarantine thing, right? You've been quarantined for 10 days and you don't know what to do. Well, John was thrown on an island all by himself. He was exiled. And so he's on this island. Uh, he's by himself. But what does he see? You know, I, I, at the beginning of the year, Dad came up with a 2020 vision kind of thing, seeing the Lord. And, 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 and we, <laughs> we had this year, right? Um, there's no greater time to see the Lord than in these times that we're facing. You know, that's what John did. Uh, that, it reminds me of Isaiah. Isaiah did that too, right? Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up in Isaiah 6. When was that? It was when uh, King Uzziah had died. I imagine there was political unrest. Job said that. Job said, I heard about you with the ear. And uh, how many of you say Job had had a, a bad couple of days, a bad year, right? He said, I've heard about you with the ear, but now I see you with my eyes. And John here in this book, that's what it's all about. He's having a, he, he's exiled. He's, he's put on this island. And yet when he's there in the lowest times probably of his life he could have been discouraged and depressed but what does he do he sees the Lord in John in Revelation chapter 1 he sees this image of God in the golden uh, candlesticks with this white hair and flaming eyes and and this, these these gold uh, gold sandals and and he, and he sees the Lord in a majestic way in Revelation chapter 19 he sees the Lord in Revelation chapter 19 coming on a horse uh, it, with, with flames of fire in his eyes and, and, and on his thigh is written the, 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 the word of God and, 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 and he has a, a sword, a two-edged sword coming out. Can you imagine seeing the Lord like that? That's the way he sees the Lord. But I think that the most beautiful picture he sees of the Lord is found right here in this chapter in Revelation chapter 5. He sees him as the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Amen. So we're going to go in this chapter and we're going to look at it for the worthy one. First thing I want you to notice is the search for the worthy one. Look at verses 1 through 4 here. In verse 2, you see this, this mighty angel, this strong angel, it says. And he comes and he proclaims this one uh, phrase. He says, who is worthy? Who is worthy to open the book? And he starts this search for the worthy one, the one that can open the book um, that, 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 that is being held there. And so he starts this search, this, this, this strong angel. And he asks this question. He asks a simple question. Who is worthy? Uh, we, we see the reason for this search in, in, the, in the first verse there. There's this, the, 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 the heavenly father is there on the throne and, and right beside him is this book. It's actually a, a, a scroll and on this book there, there are these seven seals. And what is this? This is the, the title deed to the earth. And, and this is the uh, dominion was given to man back in the garden in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, dominion was given to man but there, then there, there, there came Satan and he beguiled them and he stole it. He was, he, 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 he was a thief and he stole this dominion. Uh, how do we know that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 it says that he is the God of this world and so he has stolen that dominion that man is to have and, 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 and he's and he, he stolen it from him. The Bible tells us in John 10.10 10, it says that he is a thief that he comes to steal. 
Hey, in John 8, 44, it says that the devil is a liar and the father of them. And that's what he's going to do. He's trying to steal and he's trying to, to, to lie to us. And he'll do that to you today, you know. He, you, you've, got, you've got a family, he's trying to steal it. He, you've got, you've got a, an influence and he's trying to steal it. And so he's out there and he's trying to steal this. And this dominion has been taken because he's a thief. And, and so that's the reason for this search. And he looks and he says, um, who is worthy to open the seals of this book? Now, what's the result of this search? So he starts looking. He starts looking for somebody that's worthy. Look at verse number 3. It says, and no man in heaven. Hey, the angel, he looks around, and, and there's no man in heaven that is worthy to open this book. Hey, there are, some, there are some pretty important people up in heaven by this time. You know, you look back, and Abraham was there. Uh, he was the father of the Hebrews, but he wasn't worthy to open this book. You look around and Moses was probably up there right beside the throne somewhere. And, and Moses wasn't worthy to open this book. He was the great uh, one that led him out of the Exodus, but he wasn't worthy. David, the one that had a heart like God, uh, after, uh, a heart after, uh, like God, and, and he was that great psalmist, but he wasn't worthy to open the book. Hey, some of those apostles, you know, I imagine Peter was there. He's the one that opened the door to the church, but was he worthy to open this book? He wasn't worthy to open this book. The Apostle Paul, probably the greatest, uh, one of the greatest Christians to ever live was there probably this time, and yet he wasn't worthy to open the book. Looked around at the mighty angels, and none of those created beings, those mighty angels, was worthy to open the book. There was no one in heaven worthy to open the book. Hey, then notice it says, it says, no man in heaven nor in earth. Hey, there was nobody on earth that was able to open this book. You know, one of the interesting things about it, it doesn't say uh, it was willing to open the book, but it says they were worthy. There was no one found worthy to open the book. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, that have wanted to, to have dominion to this earth. They wanted that title deed, but they weren't worthy of it. You know, there's been Alexanders the Great. They've tried to take over the earth. There's been Hitlers and Mussolinis. There's, there's been uh, Napoleon that thought that they could, they could do it, but there was none that are worthy to open this book. There's none under the earth. There's none that have passed. There's no demon. There's nobody that is worthy to open this book. So what was the reaction to this search that was going on? Look at what happened with John. And I thought this was interesting. They look around, they found nobody to open the book. And what does John do? Look at verse number four. And I wept much. You know, he's looking around at this world, the world that he was living in. The church was being persecuted. He was in exile. And the world was messed up to him. It wasn't the way that it should be. It wasn't the way that God intended it to be. And it bothered him. And what did he start doing? He started weeping. You know, this world's full of a lot of tears, isn't it? A lot of times we look around and this world's not going the way that we want it to or the way that we think it should. And we wonder, why God? Why God? Uh, and, and, and there's nobody this world. Is there hope? And that's what I think John is saying. John is looking around and he feels hopeless right now. And that's the search that's going on. Maybe you're feeling that way. Maybe you're looking around at the world and you feel pretty hopeless. You know, the election just happened. Some of y'all disappointed. This pandemic's going on, and sometimes you feel like there's just no hope. And that's where John was at this point. But notice this, the next thing. We see the search, but we see the sighting of the worthy one. Now, there are some people um, that try and, have, uh, try and go search for Bigfoot, you know? And, and, and there are people that say they've seen him, right? And they have this sighting, they got all excited about it. The Loch Ness Monster, you know, the sightings of the Loch Ness Monster. It's, you know, somebody had a messed up camera and there's a shadow 
you know, anyway. Me personally, like me and Brother Randy, we, we, we started diving. And so we go down in the water, uh, and we do this drift diving, and our thing is we want to see a shark, you know, aside. Not too close, but I want to see a shark. That would be exciting to me to see that, you know, that sighting would be amazing. Becca prays against it, and her prayers are better than my prayers, and I've not seen one yet, <laughs> but anyway. I was reading yesterday in a scuba magazine, because only a few weird people do that. Um, it is actually on paper. It's actually amazing. Um, and it's about this guy that went down to Mexico, and they were looking for whale sharks. They were doing whale sharks, and they saw these whale sharks, and they just happened to... On that day that they were, they were diving, they saw these manta rays come by. There, there were, manta rays have a wingspan of 29 feet, up to 29 feet. And he said he saw 40 of them coming by at one time. Man, what a sighting that would have been. That would have been great. I'd have, I loved it. But there's a better sighting than all of those. It's found right here. Notice what the, notice what the angel said. The angel, or the elder, I'm sorry, the elder. And John started to weep. He says, and one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Hey, cheer up. And he says this. He says, behold. He says, behold. And look at verse 6. And John, he says, and I beheld. There's about to be a sighting here. There's about to be something pretty exciting happen right here. It is that he is going to see the one that is worthy. He is about to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, all of this sadness, all of this sorrow, all of this messed up world is going to be made right because there is one that is worthy and that is Jesus and he is worthy to open the seals of the book. He's worthy to have that title deed. He is worthy to make all of things right again. I want us to look, what, what is it that makes Jesus worthy? Well, there's several things that we can find in this passage that make Jesus worthy. You can skip back to chapter 4, verse 11. Look at this. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive power and glory and honor. Uh, or, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast what created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. First of all, he is, he is worthy because of creation. He is the original maker, the owner of it all, is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that has created all things, and we are created for Him and for His pleasure. That's why we are created. And so He is worthy. He is the one that is worthy to open the seals of the book. So he is worthy because of creation. But not only is he worthy because of creation, he is worthy because of his character, because of who he is. He is worthy. Look at verse number 6. Actually, look at verse number 5 and 6. He is worthy because of his ancestry. It says that the, the, the elder said, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy because he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hey, back in Genesis chapter 49, Abraham prophesied that's what's going to happen. That the, the Messiah is going to come from the tribe of Judah. And this is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is worthy because he fulfilled the prophecy of that. Hey, and the next thing there of his ancestry, it says that he is of the root of David. Hey, a couple times in the Old Testament and then again in the New Testament, it talks about that root of Jesse. He is the, not only is he the lion, but he is that prophesied king. And because he fulfilled all of that, but he is worthy uh, to open the seals of the book. 
Hey, not only because of, of, of his ancestry, but because of his attributes, he is worthy. Because of who he is, he is worthy. He is the God, the creator of all the earth. That is who he is. He is worthy because of who he is, his attributes. Look at verse number six. He says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. Notice this, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. What is that talking about? What are those seven horns? That, that, those horns in prophecy, that's, that, that speaks of power. And that seven speaks of completion. And so you know what it means? It means that He's an all-powerful God. Hey, that's who Jesus is. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. Those seven horns. That means that He is all-powerful. He, he, he is the one that has all power. And in Matthew, He says, unto me is given all power in heaven and in earth. And so we know that He is the all-powerful God. Hey, notice that next thing there. It says that He had seven eyes. What, did that, what does that speak of? In prophecy, uh, those eyes, they, they speak of intelligence, of knowledge, of, of wisdom. And so He is not only complete in his power but he is complete in his knowledge he is omniscient he knows all things he is all powerful he is all knowing he is omniscient and those seven spirits that go into all the earth he is everywhere notice what it says he says in in the seven uh, he had seven eyes which are the seven spirits of god sent to all the earth he is omnipresent so he is omnipotent he is omniscient he is omnipresent he is everywhere the eyes of the lord are in every place, beholding the evil uh, and the good. That is what God, that's who this Jesus is. And because of who He is, He is worthy. But I think this is the most blessed part of why He is worthy. Notice this. He is not only worthy because of His character and because of His, uh, He was uh, being the Creator, but He is worthy because of Calvary. Think about that for just a second. He is worthy because of Calvary. What's this picture of Jesus seen as here? It says in, in verse number uh, 6, it says that He looked and in the midst there stood a lamb as it had been slain. He is a lion and He is a king in those verses. But what is He pictured as here? As a lamb. As our sacrifice. As the one that, that, that died on Calvary for us. You know, in, in the book of Revelation, how is the devil pictured? The devil's pictured as a great Red dragon in, in Revelation chapter 12 is a great red dragon. Hey, he, he is the beast uh, in, in, in Revelation. He's also known as the Antichrist, and the Antichrist comes with his great armies. And what comes to defeat them all? The little lamb. <laughs> Can't you see it? The big red dragon is scared of the little lamb. Hey, you know, in, in Revelation chapter 12, how did they say that they overcame that dragon? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus is worthy because He was the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus is worthy because He was willing to go to the cross and die for us. He had been slain. He had paid the price for you and I. He is worthy. And not only is He worthy because of uh, His character, because of Calvary, because of creation, but He is worthy because He has conquered. He has conquered. Notice in verse number 5, it says that He hath prevailed to open the book. Hey, He has conquered. Uh, despite all that Satan had done to try and stop Him, despite all that He did to try and keep Jesus from coming, despite all that Satan had done, the Bible says He hath prevailed. He's victorious. 
that word prevailed. It's where we get our word Nike from. Some of y'all are against Nike now. I understand that, and I am too. But it's where we get our word Nike from, and that means victory. And that's what's happened. He has prevailed against Satan. Hey, the, the Satan's tried to take this world. He, he tried to steal it. He, he tried to lie to, to, to Adam and Eve, and he tried to take that dominion. But Jesus is coming to get it back, and he has prevailed against Satan. Notice the next part about this, about him conquering. Look at verse number six. It says that there was a lamb, and in the midst of them, uh, the elders, what, what was this lamb doing? Look at it. What was he doing? It says, stood a lamb as it had been slain. Hey, listen. This, this lamb died on Calvary, but it's standing now in heaven. Isn't that wonderful to know? It wasn't a dead lamb that we're talking about. It's a standing lamb. It's a living lamb. Hey, it's a lamb that was live. Hey, he has prevailed. He is alive. He is standing. And he is worthy to take the book and to open the seals. Notice this in verse 7. I like this. I like this. It says, and he came and he took the book. So not only was he, hey, he had prevailed, he did all that, but he was willing to come and get it. Hey, he was going to finish the job. Can't you just see it? Everybody else is scared to go up, and they should be. They're, nobody's worthy, right, to go up and take that book from the one on the throne. But here comes that lamb. And what does he do? He goes up there, and he says, hey, I'll take that. I'll take the title deed to the earth. I'll make all things right. I'll make all things new. There is hope for this world, and I'm it. And he comes, and he takes the book. He came, and he took it. Isn't that wonderful to know that Jesus is worthy. He's worthy. So we see the sighting of it, but then the song for the worthy one. This way this, this finishes, we're done. What should, what should the response to this be? What should the response to the fact that, that, that Jesus is the one that is worthy, what should it be? It's one word. It's worship. It's worship. That should be our response to the Lamb of God. Notice what these, these elders did. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders, Elders, what did they do? They fell down. They fell down before the Lord, or before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vows full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. He is worthy of our worship. Now, how, how do we worship? Worship in praise. Here, here you find these harps. That's those Old Testament songs were sung to these. Hey, in verse number 9, it says, and they sung a new song. Hey, what should our response be? We ought to respond in praise. Our worship should be in praise. Uh, we, ought, we ought to have a song in our heart. Hey, when we realize who Jesus is and what He has done for us, that He was the Lamb that was slain for us, it ought to put a song in our heart. Uh, we are the redeemed, it says in verse number 9. I was thinking about that. That's what got me going Sunday morning when Brother Randy picked out that song. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. What does it go on to say? Redeemed how? Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That, hey, we ought to be praising God because we are. He is worthy of our praise. He is, he is worthy of our worship. Uh, I think we shy away from that sometimes because we don't want to be one of those praise and worship kind of places, you know, that contemporary crowd. But let me tell you something. We ought to have some praise and worship in our heart. We ought to have some emotion in our heart. It ought not be a dead uh, song service because, listen, we're worshiping a lamb that was slain, that is risen, that, has got the, that is worthy to take the book and to open the seals to make all things right. We ought to have praise in our heart. I can be the worst. I can get distracted by things. I can start doing things. And what we need to be doing is praising God during those times. Amen? So we see he's wor we worship Him in our, in our praise. We also worship Him in our prayers. Notice this in verse number 8 again. It says, And golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. 
So they come, and, and, and as they're laying down at His feet, they have these vials of, of, of this incense, this smells, and they, they, give, it, they give it to the Lamb. That, that's, the, that's the way they were. And what are those vials of, of incense? What are those? They're the prayers of the saints. Hey, let me tell you, the one that, that is worthy of us to pray to each and every day is the Lamb. Uh, I try and talk to my wife daily. We do that. And I think she's worthy of that. I don't know if I am, but I think she is. But I love her, so I want to talk to her. I want to talk to her more than she wants to talk to me. Let's just be honest about it. I'm more of a talker. She's less of a talker. And sometimes when she's not talking, I think there's something wrong. And so I'm like, come on now. You know, I have to pull it out of her. It's tough sometimes. But I love her, and so I want to speak to her. We love the Lord, right? We ought to speak to Him. Now, I want to to show you something interesting about this. These are prayers that have already been prayed. This is up in heaven, right? This is up in heaven. These are prayers that have already been prayed. And so uh, these these prayers are being offered that have already been prayed. There's not one prayer that you've ever prayed that has been forgotten. I want you to think about that. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Have you ever thought that you prayed and your prayers didn't get any higher in the ceiling and nothing happened and God didn't answer it the way you wanted to? One day, those prayers are going to be laid out at the feet of Jesus. And all things will be made right. Isn't that a wonderful thought? So we see in prayer, uh, notice this in verse number 9. We're going to do this quickly. Look at verse number 9. In soul winning. In soul winning. Notice that it says that, that thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Notice out of every what? Out of every kindred and every tongue and every people and every nation. So we ought to be adding to that group of people that are up there in heaven. We ought to be adding to the redeemed. Hey, when you love the Lord, you want to see other people love the Lord. When you know what He's done for you, you want other people to know what He uh, can do for them. And, and so we see them added. So we ought to be uh, worshiping God in our soul winning. In our service, we ought to worship Him. Look at verse 10. And He has made us our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And, and, and we have been made kings and priest it reminds me of Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 uh, where, where Jesus said uh, in, in that, that prayer uh, that model prayer he says uh, thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven hey, and, and later in that same chapter in verse 33 he says but seek ye first what the kingdom of God because we love the lamb because he's worthy of our worship we ought to be doing something for his kingdom Hey, as kings, He's the King of kings and Lord of lords, isn't He? We ought to be serving Him as a king. Hey, as a priest, we ought to be pointing others to the to the God that we serve. Uh, that, that's our job as a priest. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? If you love the Lamb, you want to worship Him, you'll do something to serve Him. So we see it in service. And then finally at the end, we're done. You see it in total dedication and devotion. Look at verse 8. What did those elders do when they, when they saw that Lamb? When they were pointed to Him and they had that sighting, what did they do? It says they fell down. Look at verse number 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels ran about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Now don't try and multiply that up and figure out how many that is. That's an infinite number is what it's saying. There's, there's, there are, there's a, it's, a, it's a big crowd. Saying what? With a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature, notice this, and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto Him that sitteth upon the throne and the Lamb for how long? Forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders, what did they do? They fell down 
and they worshiped Him that liveth forever and ever. We ought, to, we ought to give our total lives, total dedication and devotion to the One that is worthy. Every creature, notice what it said in verse number 13, every creature. Reminds me of that passage in Philippians where every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, right? Will one day worship the worthy One and it says forever and ever. Amen. Hey, one day we're going to worship Him completely. We ought to do it now. So, concluding question here. Is what you're living your life for right now worthy? You know, Jesus Christ is exclusively worthy of our lives. I want to encourage you, don't waste your life on lesser, unworthy things. There's so many people wasting their life. But we have, we have something worth living for. We have someone that's worthy of our total life, our total dedication. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb that had been slain. Let's pray. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Maybe God has spoke to you tonight. Our musicians are coming. Have a word of prayer and then our pastor will lead us in this invitation time. Dear Father God, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You for Him being worthy to open the scroll, to open the book. Uh, Lord, we thank You that one day make all things right, all things new. And our Lord will live and reign with You forever. God, we're looking forward to that day. But God, now, uh, in this time, Lord, as even the Apostle John was living in a rough time, God, we're living in times where sometimes we're confused, sometimes we're discouraged, disheartened. Uh, Lord, may we be encouraged by this tonight. Lord, may we be encouraged to worship You, worship the Lamb the way that we should. And Lord, to give our lives, to dedicate it totally to Him and to His cause, to His kingdom here on earth. Lord, may we add to that troop, to that tribe that will be there, to those of every nation and tongue. God, may we be witnesses. and Lord, may we be good testimonies. And may we be soul winners. God, we think of those young people that have been saved even this year in our church, Lord. And God, we thank You for them. And Lord, they'll be around that throne one day and they'll be singing praise and worship to You because of the Lamb. And God, we thank You for that. Lord, in this new year, may You encourage us to do more for You. To live our lives completely dedicated and devoted to You. And Lord, may we be encouraged to do that. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.